superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. These aren't the droids you're looking for. This is the Rich Eisen Show. These aren't the droids we're looking for. Carry the hell on. You know what's not walking through that door? Uh-oh. The beard! James Harden is not coming to the rescue. It just, when you look at Harden, it's just like, just doesn't at all feel like the Harden that you need right now. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. Colts general manager Chris Ballard. Still to come. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins. Plus actor Shea Wiggum. And now it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Kendrick Perkins is going to join us top of the next hour to talk about what we are seeing between the Warriors and the Grizzlies, which is a Donnybrook that uh, I did not see coming, to be very honest. Uh, we'll see how he feels the uh, Sixers can uh, move on, carry on, as he might say, tonight uh, in Miami without Joel Embiid again. Um, and my sense that the uh, 75th anniversary James Harden needs to walk through the door. The guy that the uh, the Sixers traded uh, for. We need to see him carry the day. That's uh, that's what he we need to see from him tonight and, and get this series back to Philadelphia where um, maybe Embiid shows up in a mask and, uh, and takes care of business um, and plays to the MVP level that the Sixers need him to play. Um, obviously, the the Celtics and and Bucks are now even at one. That series heads to Milwaukee, and uh, and then we've got the Suns and the Mavs at it tonight. So there's all of that. The actor Shea Wiggum, uh, who's in the uh, new Watergate uh, based television show called Gaslit uh, on Stars with Julia Roberts and Sean Penn. He's in here in uh, studio hour number. Three. Mike right Tomlin's going to join us in about 18 minutes' time. Hey, nice. hey. The head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I, I will ask him his sense uh, about what Ryan Tannehill said in Tennessee about mentoring Malik Willis, that it's not his job to do so. And we know Big Ben had that famous statement about mentoring Mason Rudolph a couple of years ago. And I'm wondering what he feels as a head coach expects of his veteran quarterbacks in a quarterback room when they have drafted a rookie just like the Steelers just did. And um, if I'm not mistaken, Mason Rudolph was the last quarterback they did in fact draft. So he'll be an interesting uh, uh, coach to ask this question of when he joins us shortly on the program. So uh, guess what? Susie and I did last night. Oh, oh, okay. oh! You will not be able to guess right, unless I did because I don't think Tuesday. I told you. Enjoyed a nice Tuesday. steak dinner together. Hold on. We went to the Hollywood Bowl and saw Dave Chappelle. You and did. Oh, you so were you, there. Oh my gosh, you were there. You were there. We were there. We've been together for four hours now, and you just now sharing this. Yeah. Information. As you know, I oh. save things for the people. I mean, come wow. on, now, bro. You are the people. You're you're my people, wow. and I'm saving just, things for the people who people. are also Powered my people. people. There's a lot of people. Did you get a box? Wow. 
What is it? What, you, what does that mean? Hey, really get a box? Well, I'm saying because if you it's got like a box, box dinner, you got a box dinner, and you could have taken us. Like we had nice seats. seats. Just, okay. That's all I'm asking. We had nice seats. We had the old. We had the old. We had the old premium parking, best we can, because you know parking is is literally ninety percent of the battle here in Los Angeles, especially the Hollywood Bowl. Listen, the Hollywood Bowl for those who may not have ever been or gone you've a seen walk. photographs of it uh i was first uh, uh introduced to the hollywood bowl as a child uh in the famed bugs bunny episodes where uh where he was the the famed uh, uh bunny bunny who was battling the opera singer um in the hollywood bowl and he, he then became leopold the the conductor and then uh destroyed the uh oscar the opera singer's career by Wrecking the entire Wait, Hollywood that's Bowl. That's where that was. Yes, that's, that's the Hollywood, the Hollywood Bowl. Bowl. I have seen that cartoon a hundred times. Back. Every that's how I was first did. introduced to the Hollywood <laughs> Bowl. And then when Susie first uh, came, she moved out to Los Angeles before I did. When she was working with Fox Sports for the regional sports report out here, Southern California regional sports report, she took me to the Hollywood Bowl, and it was just—it's an incredible spot. The when you park there, though, it's it's, it's rough. It's rough because you basically park behind another car, okay. which parks behind another, you, yeah. and so you need to situate yourself close to the 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 spot where you can just get out yourself and not wait for everybody else to come. And so we were just like two cars away from that spot. Ooh. So you know you got to hope that people are going to get get out in time to get out, so you can get out. So <laughs> that's the setup. We got there. And it, you know, it, it's the Netflix is a joke um, festival. Festival. Oh, yeah. So the Roastmaster General Jeffrey Ross comes out first, and we adore him. Susie and I have known him for years. I mean, like he was hanging out with us when Susie took like a beach walk before Xander was born, and he's thirteen. We've yeah. known him forever, and so um, he comes out, and he's the host, and it all starts. And the, the friends are that came out of the Chappelle and Friends. Ridiculous. Leslie Jones to Michelle Wolf to Sebastian Maniscalco. Again, double okay. good for you. Uh, Earthquake is the name of the yeah, comedian. He's I'm, hysterical. Uh, he's hysterical. I, I've never seen him before. Yeah. Um, spectacular. Um, then out comes Jon Stewart, who I've never seen do stand-up. He comes out. All right. And then after Jon Stewart... I, I don't think I'm missing anything here. After John Stewart comes um, Chris Rock. And he comes out, and the setup behind him, they had these three huge white curtains and just a spotlight underneath him, so his shadow was like uh, 50 feet tall as he was doing his act. And he comes out, and the first thing is people stand and give him a standing ovation. First thing he says is, I'm all right. <laughs> That's where he starts. I'm all right. All right. All right. He he's done, and then a couple of other acts come out, uh, dancing and mu- uh, a rap a group comes out, and then Chappelle comes out, and he's wearing this black suit, black tie, and it's just a classic, like beautifully uh, pointed pocket square. This sort of stuff. I oh yeah, chain smoking and just his voice is one of the greatest voices of all time, and his. He's a genius. The guy is an absolute comedic genius. He is, uh, the way that he had us, everybody's in the palm of his hand. And his, his act is, there's not enough pluses next to the A. A plus, 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 plus. And I understand, you know, what he uh, says for a lot of people is some, it's tough to take. But it's comedy. This is a comedy act, Okay. 
And so um, he's done, and he says, thank you, good night. And as soon as he says, thank you, good night, Susie and I get up and we do the L.A. thing. Oh. We get the hell out of there. Oh, wow. And had no idea until this morning. What happened? That um, somebody got on stage and attacked him, jumped on stage and tackled him, and, you know, apparently dragged off the stage and got the ever-loving tar beaten out of him. (laughs) And by all reports, it was an A-list group of people who beat the tar out of this person. But all I know is I heard as we were leaving Chris Rock's voice and then the entire bowl breaking out in hysterical laughter. Oh, man. And that's when Susie and I looked at each other and said, should we have left? You know? <laughs> no. miss? Um, but this is an L.A. sports moment where people miss yeah. out the Kirk Gibson's 1988 home run. And apparently, you know, as Chris Rock, we heard him say, was that Will Smith? That's yeah. He came back out from backstage and said, was that Will Smith? Good line. And so now we understand, though, as we were waiting to get out of the parking lot, one of the reasons why we were delayed is because an ambulance was coming in. And Susie's like, is that an ambulance coming in? Oh we had no idea what the ambulance was for. And it was to remove the person who had jumped on the stage wow. and tackled Dave Chappelle. Oh, my gosh. As we're watching fire trucks come in and a, an ambulance and we're sitting here going, I hope what? somebody's okay. And we found out it was somebody who jumped on the stage. And was not okay. And was most certainly God. not okay. Stopped. Yeah, yeah they, they, they got beat, him. They beat him like he yeah. stole something. Yeah. And I cannot believe. Wow. Now, I, I, again, I will just say this. It's what I said after Will Smith jumped on the stage and slapped Chris Rock. Is that... This is now a dangerous time for comedians and comics. That now, if you don't like what they are saying, you can feel compelled or safe, even though Will Smith has been banned for 10 years. And, and, and Chappelle even talked about this last night in his act about who Will Smith is. Oh. From just talking about what he's done and his incredible accomplishments, where he came from in Philadelphia and what he's done and his accomplishments as a rapper turned star, turned movie star that has made hit after hit after hit. And 10 minutes before he receives the greatest award for that endeavor, he jumps out and he slaps Chris Rock, which he called in his way, as he puts things so perfectly, a weird choice is how he described it. <laughs> and it's in his voice, you know, with his his timber in his voice that's a weird choice and it was just hilarious but also sad right sad not knowing that he was now going to be in the role of chris rock a half an hour later and whoever was jumping out of the out of the crowd jumped out of the crowd and attacked him Mm -hmm. and i do not agree with his stance on transgender people i know many of them i know people whose families are um, supportive and also ripped apart. And it's not something that's, you know, funny. But this is comedy. And comedy should be a safe space. And if you don't like what the man is saying, you can protest. You can, by the way, not buy a ticket. Susie and I can personally attest 
that being in that building last night was not inexpensive. Yeah. <laughs> you put money in Dave Chappelle's pocket to what? Hop on stage and go jump at him? I mean, this is serious business. I understand what what somebody is upset with Dave Chappelle about is life and very serious. And their lives, they might feel, are endangered by his comedy. But to jump on the stage and go attack him? What the hell's going on? Yeah, That's but- what I thought at the time when Will Smith jumped out, is you're now giving license to a whole bunch of people to go up and slap a comedian and and hurt somebody? Like, this is, you know, a joke. This is is comedy. There was another comedian last night um, whose name uh, now escapes me. It was a Brit. He was very funny. Jimmy... Oh, Carr. Jimmy Carr. Right. He came out and he was... To say he was uh, very funny. blue yeah, and yeah. cancelable, <laughs> everything coming out of his mouth, that was his thing. It's like, really let's see if these things offend you enough for me to cancel you. Is that... He's a good roaster. Is that, is that he, his, he, he said, you know, somebody got upset with him for some of the comedy he said. And he goes, it's a joke. I don't mean it. And then the response to Jimmy Carr was, well, you know, you know, you... you You've hurt me enough. And he said, well, now you understand when I say something that I don't mean it. Like, you can understand that I'm not actually, I'm not botching what he said. But he basically said something along the lines of, you now understand that I don't mean what I say. It's called a joke. It's comedy. And I, I, I just can't believe we're now jumping out of stands and, and, and doing that. Richie, the difference between Will Smith doing it and everyone else is, at the end of the day, Will Smith got an award, right? The next guy that did it got put in an ambulance. And that is, Will Smith was the exception, not the rule. Well, Will you Smith tried, is also banned from the Oscars for yeah, 10 and, years. And that's fine, but I'm saying he got away pretty much scot-free. But you're not Will Smith. And if you try that, what happened to this dude last night is going to happen to you. And uh, this dude walked out with his elbow facing the opposite way and you know he lumped up he looks like rocky dennis from masks today i'm sure like that's just a just a be very aware people don't do this apparently the guy that jumped on stage had a knife and a replica gun Uh, yeah you go on social media you'll see his picture and uh I, I promise you you like i said i do not agree with his stand you know with his um I, I don't even know if it's his stance or not. I mean, but you can't jump on stage and, and, and go with a comic. Mm-hmm. Well, we missed all of it last night. Why would Watching. you leave? How, like, how, how early would you I thought you it was say? over. Like, how much time would you say? It was late. It was, it was three, it, it, you know, it's it three and a half hours. Hour. Like, yeah. it was like 20 to 11. Oh, okay. We got there at six. How much you time did you say? You got a sitter at home, and it's just like, okay, we saw his whole act. Yeah. He said, thank you, good night. We got up. How much time would you say passed from the time you left to when you think the when incident we, happened? Well, it was the time when we left till we saw an ambulance mm-hmm. arrive was about 10 minutes. Oh, so it was cool. Okay. Man. <laughs> ambulance, man. Yeah, he got he got touched up. <laughs> I mean. He got stomped like Rick James by uh, Eddie and Charlie Murphy. <laughs> we'll take a break right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's be on time for Mike Tomlin because head coaches usually are directly on time. Yes. The head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, when we come back on the Rich Eisen Show. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Mike Tomlin uh, calling in uh, in a matter of moments here on the program. Just again, talking about Chappelle last night, and they take your cell phone away. You try that. When was the last time you were without your cell phone for like four hours? Well, I you know I don't get the internet on a plane, so you know whenever I fly, I'm kind of yeah. You don't get the internet out of on pocket. Plane. Actually, Verizon went down about two weeks ago for four hours, and no, but the, you could still text. You could still no done. You could do nothing. In the South Bay, when it was, yeah, I, I couldn't remember, text. I remember that there was a Verizon outage, but and it was it was very disconcerting not having contact. Because I, mean, I, I haven't, even I haven't flown much in the last couple of years, but we did go out of the country, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and it was a, it wasn't a long flight, but it was still you know three hours without my phone. It actually feels nice. I, I kind of like uh, disconnecting like that for a little while. Kind of get your mind. When was the last time you were without your phone? You're on your phone literally. You got two phones. You, you're, you're on your phone literally half the time I look at you when we're having a conversation on this in the show. You're on your phone. TJ. Huh? That, nice. Well done. Very, very well done. Oh, we're back. My bad. <laughs> very, very well done. I was just done. letting Uncle Buck know that Mike Tomlin's coming in. No, so I understand. Oh, I, I got it. At the tag. When, when, uh, like seriously, when was the last time you were without your phone? For I like mean, four hours. Just an airplane? That would be it. But you still have Again, it. Again, forget about the airplane. Oh, Let's all not, stop yeah. with the airplane. Okay. Right. Where you've got it and, and outages. Forget okay. about outages. Okay. Forget okay. about planes. Just without where it. you willingly gave up your cell phone for four to five hours. Super Bowl. What do you mean? The, the place where I was sitting, that the, you had to leave it locked in. That's why I have no pictures. I couldn't take a picture. It was just out they of body. The, Again, the I, mean, I've seen I just, think, I just think it's kind of cool. Dave Chappelle just takes watch, your yeah. cell phone away as you watch your comedy show. So, I mean. It's nuts. It's unbelievable. Because you go to, like, do stuff. Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Super Bowl winning head coach. And um, and uh, I'm a friend of the program, as I, I hope to say, because I know he doesn't do this very much. He is on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line right here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, coach? Great. Certainly a friend of the program, Rich. Thank Always you, Coach. appreciate what it is you do. Thank you so much. And believe it or not, we were just talking about uh, I was at Dave Chappelle's comedy show last night, Coach, and how he oh, takes wow. he takes his he takes your cell phones away. Like you cannot have your cell phone, like you gotta put it in a pouch just to go into the arena. Do you do you do that with your players now? <laughs> do, you do, do you take their no. phones away? <laughs> no, no, no. We're so far beyond that. Technology is such a component of what we do. You know, guys take pictures of the of the notes on the board with their phones, okay. et cetera. 
Uh, it's just a part of our life. So you, because uh, I'm just wondering if just you, they 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 don't dare do anything uh, untoward now anymore with you. I'm sure. With no, we just proceed with the assumption that they're utilizing it for professional purposes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that. Okay, let's get into the uh, football part of this conversation then, Uh, Coach. You and I spoke, uh, along with my colleagues on NFL Network the other day, about your quarterback room now with Kenny Pickett in it. So let's get to Kenny Pickett and what you liked about him and why you chose him 20th overall in the draft, Coach. You know, first of all, you know, he had a a couple elements of his game that were really attractive when you're talking about the quarterback position, his ability to anticipate and his, and his professional level accuracy. Um, oftentimes the, the college guys have, have a ways to go in, that, in those areas. And when we talk about someone having a high floor at the quarterback position, usually it's because they're, they're pro-ready in those areas. And he was. Um, we also had, had the proximity angle, and, and we just had a bird's-eye view of his growth and development, not only as a player, but as a person, as a leader. And he does the things that, come, that comes with the quarterback position in a very natural way, uh, whether it's dealing with and leading teammates, whether it's media responsibilities and so forth. None of that appears to be a chore for him. It happens in a very natural way, and I think that's an asset to him. So uh, the first time you ever saw him would be when you would stroll uh, into Pat Narduzzi's office, practice, um, across the, the way there in Pittsburgh? Is that the first yeah, time? Yeah, we you... run across those guys quite a bit in passing in particular. You know, just being neighborly, um, <laughs> over time you learn who the quarterback is and so forth, and so you can say, hey, you know, good luck this week and things of that nature. And, um, and so he and I had an opportunity really over the course of three or four years to establish a real friendly and formal relationship and kind of get to know each other, um, you know, without the speed dating component of the draft process. Now, as you know, uh, we in the media and certainly the talent evaluation community, we can get stuck on the, uh, the details and the nitty gritty and things that may or may not be uh, of importance. Um, what was your take on the whole idea that his hands are too small to perform in the NFL? Coach. You know, I, I, I potentially was capable of buying into that if I didn't watch him play college football in Pittsburgh and deal with the elements that comes with playing in this environment. And so, you know, you can get into the hand size thing or you can just look at how he performed in a variety of conditions, and we have those conditions here in Pittsburgh. And so there's very little speculation from our perspective about how he might handle the ball in a – you know, inclement weather, wet days, et cetera. Um, they played North Carolina here on a Thursday night. I actually went to the game, and um, and it was it was raining pretty good that night. Had no issues, and so it was probably less of an issue for us as it was just in terms of uh, some of the draft chatter. So um, now he hits hits a um, a quarterback room with Mason Rudolph and um, Mitchell Trubisky. And how do you expect the competition to go? What do you expect? You know, I, I expect it to be fierce because I know, I know all three guys. I don't expect anyone to take a back seat. Um, you know, the challenge is, is, is from a structure standpoint, man, are we providing enough of a platform for all the guys to show what they're capable of? And, and so that's going to be the challenge component of it. I'm excited about Watching these guys compete, man, just like I am at, at, at any position where you got some viable options. And so, 
you know, we'll proceed with that understanding that, you know, it's going to be challenging from an organization standpoint, but it's a good challenge, and, and I'm excited about watching those guys perform. And then in just in terms of a level of expectation as you as a head coach, um, there's a, a large conversation going on in the NFL media over the last 24 hours that Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, again, I know that's not your house, uh, when talking about Malik Willis saying it's not his job to mentor Malik Willis. And then, of course, you have your own experience with uh, Roethlisberger back in the day when you drafted Mason Rudolph saying um, that if he asked me a question, I might just have to point to the playbook. What is your level of expectation for Trubisky and Rudolph uh, with Pickett in the room to get him up to speed? You know, it's good when it occurs, um, but it's certainly not necessary. Um, That's why we have offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, assistant quarterback coaches. People are employed, and their sole focus is the development of players. Um, You know, certainly there's growth and development opportunities and learning opportunities among players, but it is definitely not their function. Their function is to have themselves ready to go and, and be good teammates. And I think, you know, that's probably what you speak to just in terms of providing common human decency and courtesy to someone if you can uh, if you can help them along the way, I'm sure um, Ryan is open to that. But but I think he was just stating the obvious that he's not employed to do that. He's employed to pay to play quarterback. Mike Tomlin here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. George Pickens, uh, a second round selection for you. Um, and, you know, um, Kevin Colbert, who is now um, leaving his position, but still, you know, going to be around. Uh, you and he and the rest of the staff together have just had a remarkable run finding receivers that work for you in whatever system that you are running. How does Pickens potentially fit into what you've been able to spot at that position over the last 15 some odd years, Coach? You know, really, you know, first we acknowledge that they come in all shapes and sizes, and they do um, at that position probably more than any other. Um, and, and then you're looking for distinguishing traits, and and um, he has that. He's a he's a big guy, six three plus, uh, with little guy body control. His ability to change direction, his ability to stop and start, uh, his ability to drop his weight is like that of a much smaller man. And and so that was the trait that really attracted us to him. Um, he's a competitor. Um, he's got he's got easy hand eye and ball skills. And obviously, that's a major component of the position as well. So um, when it all comes down to it, um, how open are you to uh, a quarterback and wide receiver, two rookies starting together at such an important uh, connection, connective point? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm open. Uh, I've learned to be. Um, you know, when you got red paint, man, you paint your barn red, man. If those guys are deserving, um, then we'll play them. We, we played, I think, four rookies on offense. Uh, last year because they were deserving. So uh, you think Pickett has a shot to start at the position this fall, you would say? Yeah, everyone. I don't want to overstate it, Rich, but certainly he's not going to be excluded from the opportunity. Mike Tomlin here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about um, your role on the competition committee. Um, Were you in favor of the new overtime rule, Coach Mike Tomlin? You know, I'm an overtime purist. I am. Uh, the rest of the committee laughs at me um, when the discussion comes up because I'm a sudden death guy um, and, and always have been, but I lost that battle maybe a decade ago. Um, I, I just believe if you played 60 minutes of football, all the teams have had a, 
a legitimate opportunity to state their case for winning the game, and I'm just trying to land the plane as quickly as possible after that. <laughs> and and so I try to you know keep that simple spirit and that simple component of it. Um, and, but obviously, based on what what has transpired, something needed to be done uh, relative to to last year. And I and, and I was for uh, what we decided. But largely, when you're talking about the subject of overtime uh, in spirit, I'm a sudden death guy. What do you mean they were laughing at you? Who laughs at Mike Tomlin in a competition? Tomlin? What are you What are you talking about? They were laughing at you. I get laughed at often, Rich. <laughs> I'm with you though. We're purists too. We're purists too. Um, I, I'm 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 with you um, because in the same playoff last year, and I know you were referring to, um, you know, in in light of what happened between the Bills and the Chiefs next week, Chiefs in overtime again got the ball first again, but the Bengals picked them off in a way that the Bills couldn't. And um, the next week, it was a, a different outcome but the same scenario so i'm i'm with you as well that said what do you think you would do i understand you know i'm sure there's many different permutations that you and your staff will look at don't you think it would be better now to get the ball second in overtime as opposed to getting it first even though getting it first would give you guarantee you an extra possession if you are all square after the first go round Coach, yeah, I, I think the I think the conventional approach moving forward is going to be to to play second, so you know know the parameters of your decision making. Um, certainly, hey Rich, I'm sorry this phone is is beeping. Can you guys hear that? Uh, it's it's a little bit. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I just thought maybe you were in a submarine. Don't worry about <laughs> it. It's okay. I, I, I think the power. Um, I'm on a cordless. Oh, and boy. I got an IT guy coming in here to fix it. Do you guys want us to call you right back? Yeah, let's do that. Do that. Go ahead. Okay, do we'll that. Call you right back. We got a guy coming in here right now. Okay, very good. Mike Tomlin, everybody, on a cordless <laughs> phone that needs charging. This is amazing. <laughs> Mike Tomlin can coach anything for me, man. I just love anything. I do love Mike Tomlin. What was the red barn? If you have red paint, you paint the barn red. If you have red paint, you paint the barn. I mean, I guess it's like with whatever you have, that's what you use to do whatever your job is. Simple, right? Simple concept. You know, we have a lot of blue here, so we have our color scheme is blue. Yeah, yeah. So we have blue paint. You paint the the barn blue. Yeah, we paint the graphics blue because we have blue paint. (laughs) That's what we do around here. I think he's calling back. Do you think it's going to be a good uh, – do we get it fixed? IT guy coming in and we get the coach uh, – right, Just take him. Just put uh, him right on. Is there he, you, you, you there, coach? You back? We're back in hey. the day. Hey. Hey. It's like you're sitting next to me. No beef. It's like you're sitting next to me. No beef. So you were saying it's uh, getting the ball second is, is now going to be, you think, uh, the way to go uh, in overtime. So what you're saying. I would imagine. Um, I would imagine that everyone's probably going to take that approach um, so that they have a, you know, a clear understanding of what the parameters are in terms of their decision making. Right, because you want to. If you've got to go for it on, for, if you get the ball first, you're not going it on on it on fourth and seven from your own twenty-five. Right. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna punt and play defense. But uh, right. if you get the ball second and you know you have to score, of course you're gonna go for it fourth and seven on your own twenty-five. That this is an unintended consequence. You know, um, I don't I, I don't know. It's no, it's no question, and you know uh, that's why I always, you know, bring up the subject of unintended consequences and why I firmly remain dying on the hill of sudden death overtime that I died on a year, uh, a decade ago. 
So I know I, I know I might be, um, you know, uh, putting a crimp in, in my plan here that I've been constantly been pounding the table for. But you are on the competition committee and I'm going to take my shot here. Um, I think we should change the rule that if you fumble into and through the end zone, the ball goes to the defense. There should be some sort of a, a reverse touchback uh, or or, you know, a 10 yard penalty. And the, the team that fumbles through the end zone still gets the ball um from the same uh down but maybe not the same distance what do you think mike tomlin i understand you know why that topic is so debatable um but for me i i like the rule as it is i like the emphasis that it puts on ball security and the fact that you should should secure the ball as you search for the line to gain and so there should be extreme risk with reaching that ball out for a goal line or doing careless things as it pertains to possession of the ball in an effort to score. We're all trying our best to score. We're all trying our best to prevent scores. And I just love the emphasis on ball possession that that rule, um, you know, has on on those that, you know, uh, are carrying it. Okay. So uh, would I be laughed at in the room of the competition committee if I brought that up? Would I would I get the laughter response? Yeah, you probably would, mm. but it wouldn't be indicative of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Coach. There's the common decency you were just referring to moments ago. I, I appreciate being on the business end of that. Uh, what about the, uh, the taunting rule? Did you like the way that it was adjudicated last year, Coach Tom? I did. Um, I think it was called 61 times. I think we reviewed them all. I think it was four that we wish that we wish hadn't been called. Um, obviously, those four or five get a lot of the attention, but but you can't argue with the spirit of what we're trying to get done. Um, we we need to own the responsibility that that comes with being great examples for for young people that are involved in the game. Was that was one of those that you wish wasn't called? Was that Cassius, Cassius Marsh of the Bears staring in at uh, your bench? Was that one of them? Um, I reserve my opinion because I was directly involved, but other members of the committee were, were really comfortable with, with the way that play was officiated. Was he staring at you? Is that what you're saying, Mike? Was he staring at you, Cassius Marsh? He probably was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Um, before I let you go, sir, um, what about you? Um, you're, you're now entering year 16. How are you a different coach now than you were when you first took the reins? In Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin. What about you? You know, um, I'm smarter, but but smarter because of 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 scars. Um, you grow, and oftentimes growth is is usually associated with failure. Um, and so I've experienced a lot over the last 15 years, and hopefully I'm better for it. And hopefully I can apply those lessons learned uh, to the to the crop that I'm working with this year. I know that that's always the goal. Um, I better be uh, continually getting better in the same ways that that we challenge our players to do the sim- do similar things. And, and we always hear when you're talked about, coach, and you probably you hear it yourself, is that you're you're a player's coach, that you're somebody that that knows how to relate to the NFL players uh, of today. Uh, what is your philosophy on that, Mike Tomlin, that you can share? You know, I just I have a bunch of individual relationships. I don't try to treat people the same. Um, that's an impossibility. I try to treat people the way they deserve to be treated. And so I have a bunch of individual relationships, and it's something to manage. But 
you know, as they say, that's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and how much longer do you want to do it? What do you think? Because I, I know people probably knocking on your door with certainly, um, you know, your your way of communicating is so unique and so excellent and your way to boil things down so simply um is perfect for broadcasting i'll be very honest with you what what about how much longer you want to maybe keep doing this mike Tomlin? you know i i love what i do um and and so i'm singularly focused in that way i hear some of that chatter but it it doesn't move my needle uh the challenges that this job uh holds does and and, and it does continually. I'm fired up each and every day. And um, I'm just thankful to have the, the opportunity that I have to compete in the Ultimate Competitors League. Well, I, I, I want to thank you, not just for calling into the show, but, um, you know, um, you provide, I don't know if you're aware of this, you provide this show with some of the greatest sound bites that we keep playing over and over and over again, Coach Mike Tomlin. Um, Especially uh, this one when with the USC job that came never out. say never, but never. That's fantastic. <laughs> did, you, did that come off the top of your dome, or did you like say when you walked to the podium you knew you were going to get asked that, and that was going to be your answer, Mike Tomlin? Um, was it, it? It, it kind of came to me. I, you know, I probably shouldn't have been as annoyed as I was, but it's game week, man. I, I get singularly focused on real challenges, man. Uh, I was just annoyed by the line of questioning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that was that's truly one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's never say never, but <laughs> that's the way to shut the door. That's the way to shut the door. And yeah, I, I, I just I didn't I didn't I didn't want a follow up question. <laughs> <laughs> if, if my if my memory serves, you didn't get one, did you? <laughs> and so so well, mission accomplished. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. That's not your sense when uh, you see my request for you to call into the show. So uh, always appreciate that, Coach Tomlin, and uh, I look forward to the next time and when I see you again. Thank you. No, much respect to you, sir. I just always appreciate uh, the way you present what it is that we do and and support what it is that we do. Thank you. Now, right back at you, Coach Tomlin. Thanks so much. You be well. Best to your family, and we'll chat down the line. Thanks for calling. No doubt. Take care. You got it. That's Mike Tomlin, everybody, at Coach Tomlin on Twitter. There you go. Fumbling through the end zone. Took a hit. Took a hit. And they like the – The overtime is stupid. Sorry. Well, no, but the, the taunting. I'm not a oh, fan the taunting, of the taunting yeah. rule. One of those flags that they wish wasn't thrown. I need to find that out. I got to get, we got to get on the horn here and find out what those were. What those four and five, four or five plays, one of them had to have been, I hated the Cassius Marsh one. As he said, probably was staring at him. Because as you know, he was cut by the Steelers. And that was what the stare was. And so um, another one had to be, if you recall, Raiders at Chargers. Darren Waller, first catch of the game, second quarter. He's frustrated. He hasn't even been targeted. He catches a ball, and he's on the Chargers sideline, and he spikes the ball as he's pushed out of bounds. And the ball was spiked on the sideline of the Chargers, and he gets flagged. And and it was clear to me that 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 spike was out of frustration that he had not gotten a ball, that he had finally caught one, and he's feeling it, and he's feeling the moment. It's not like, screw you, Chargers. I just caught a a 12-yard out. Was, you know, uh, and so that got flagged. Was uh, Brady in the playoffs? Was that what was that? Was that taunting, or was that on Sportsmanlike? No, it was on Sportsmanlike. That was him telling Sean Hockley, "You suck." Yeah. Like, look, uh, I'm Tom Brady. You know, yeah, the, this is what we call the money maker. I don't know if that followed under the category. It, of- it, and and he's bleeding from the mouth, and there's no foul. Yeah. There's no penalty. 
I think he could have been like, hey, man, this is not only going to affect the game, but the shoot schedule for 80 for Brady might be off if this thing's got to get stitched. <laughs> this is the moneymaker. Have you not? Them. I mean, hey, Sean, they don't come to see you. Just trying to think of some other ones. If I'm not mistaken, Brady, the, 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 the game that Brady was complaining about, a Thursday night game, when they were adjusting, the whole league was adjusting to the new holding penalty well, I mean, emphasis. Remember it was, and he then tweeted out like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. I think that could have been a Sean Hockley game. No way. I just, I'm, if, I'm gonna I don't know why I'm, I'm my memory serves right, at this on. stuff. As, as you know, Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah accused me of having a memory of an elephant. I'm going to do some digging. Hold on. Let's take a break. I'm find that. The results of, uh, of Chris Brockman's Google search when we come back. <laughs> And we'll also adjust to what Mike Tomlin just said. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, one year ago today, it's when T.J. Jefferson went on The Price is Right as uh, as Temujin, right? That's what you got? You got your you got your uh, your sticker on here. Yeah, right. There you go. Shout out to Genghis Khan. And that was unfortunately the sound that played over and over. Well, and not it's over interesting and that over. I said over and over because it was a double over <laughs> for the showcase showdown. Was he eighty five cents on the spin? I mean, something like. Uh, I mean, that, he got don't past give me it, for that. He though. got past the trip slash motorcycles plural. <laughs> Showcase and, and went I'm over. And I'm still with you, TJ. Those motorcycles should have been more than eight grand each. Thank you, Mike. Come on. I told those were fifteen each. Double, double over. Double over. He went on I trying to entertain you. the people I rather than trying to focus on winning. Shimone. Okay. You came out. You did. It's the like it's like leave the entertainment to the pricing games and Drew Carey. Hey, the daytime demo king. Price is right. That was the highest half hour of the week. All right, and that wasn't by coincidence. All right. It was watching you. It was watching me fail. Play Master Key. Yeah. Daytime demo king. A very rare pricing game. You could you could watch you could watch an entire month of Prices Right and maybe not see Master Key once. I haven't seen it once. By the way, in a full year since, it is a rare pricing game where you have to guess on on a couple of items. You get two keys. One key. You get two. You get to choose two out of the five keys that are up there. And I always say take the middle key. You did not, and one key opens every prize, one and key. one key opens one particular prize, another key opens another particular prize, and one key opens just the car, and you chose the one key that opened nothing. 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 Uh, Pick the wrong key. There's a 20% chance of, well, there's, so there's a 60% chance of winning something, 80% chance of winning something. something. Now this math yeah. is And a 20% chance of winning nothing. Nothing. And he got the 20% key. Because he didn't look. He grabbed the wrong key. And you know in the control room, you know in the control room, they all know which key opens what. Yeah. And as soon as he grabbed the key that they're opened like, oh. nothing, they're like, this guy. Yeah, let me tell you what happened. The producer's like, this guy. This guy. Before, before This guy. And then he gets, the, he gets to the showcase showdown, and then this guy. Double over. Before the showcase showdown, it was me and the other girl, I believe it was Katie. And right before we came back from commercial, we had a producer come and talk to us. And the last thing that we were told before we went out there was, don't go over. (laughs) So they said, don't go over. They were like, nobody, like, please just don't go over. It's simple. It's like, of course I don't want you to win. They really do. It was just like what Steve Bornstein told me before going to the first Super Bowl for the NFL Network. Going to the first Super Bowl before the first Super Bowl broadcast pregame show for NFL Network, Houston. before every draft 
before the first draft, before the first thing, he would tell me the same thing over and over again. I can't repeat it fully on the air. He would, say, <laughs> he would just he would look at me and go, "Don't f it up." That's it. That's the, that's the, that's the same thing they told you. Yeah, yeah. Essentially. And then what'd you do? You effed it I, up. I don't know that I effed it up. Look, oh, big man. time. No, he and by the way, I, we still haven't seen the popcorn machine he got. The, yes, you have. I brought it in here. He we, in. We when did you see that? One yeah, time one in, time. in yeah. the last year. Uh, what, we've had one kernel of popcorn for well, here's you? Here's the deal. What and happens not when a was, single ping pong. When I was making the, the, pop- the table? Where's when the I was table? making the ping pong, a lot of smoke was coming out in the dressing room, and my fear was I'd set the, oh, the fire popcorn? alarm off, so I didn't want to bring it back in just in case. Oh, I think the ping pong table is still in a box, still sitting by my front door. What a waste. Yeah. What a waste. I'll take it. I know you would, but, you know. But here's we'll the thing. Here. Again, you guys don't want to give me credit for what I did on the show, man. First of all, to, to make it there is one thing. I won my first prize he the first time I was up. I, sp- I had to spin the wheel and wait for two other people to not beat me. And then I made it to the finals. He the like, I mean, he made it. And you guys are making it seem like yeah. I didn't make it on the show. He didn't even get on. Like, and also, let me ask you by question. the way, in three weeks, if you guys get a little gold statue and that was part of it, then you know what? Uh, now that's the redeemable factor. That's yes. redeemable. You're welcome. Because that was part of our Emmy reel, yes. That, I that feel segment. part of my manifestation was I, I sacrificed winning the prices right to get us a statue. Very. <laughs> I remember hey. whose idea it was to... Watch well, the show. That was crazy. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's a team me effort. It's a team effort. Fighting. It's a team effort. We were fighting. But like, you don't get the like. Chris, let me ask you a question. Yes, let me, I do. Let oh. me ask you a question. Um, do we remember who loses the Super Bowl, or do we remember who wins the Super Bowl? Uh, Long term. I don't remember who. So what you're saying is I essentially won the Super Bowl. No, I'm just oh. I'm just saying. About well, memories. you lost the Super Bowl, but if we win the Emmy, then that's all anyone's going to. That's true. That's true. So today, <laughs> forevermore in the history of the Rich Eisen show. Will be TJ Jefferson. Jefferson's oh, Price is Right. Thank you. And we're like we're, we'll be the only show that doesn't talk about May the Fourth. Because we be with care. you. By, by the way, Yoda. let me just say this real quick. We, we do care. I put up a poll. In case I love Baby Yoda. Okay, what do you got? And I used to have Star Trek or Star Wars guys over here. Who's so. the best Star Wars character? Really simple. Luke, Baby Yoda, Darth Vader, Han Solo, or Yoda. What do you got? What are the four choices? Luke, Darth Vader, Han Solo, or Yoda. I ain't hear Chewbacca well, in there. Yeah, and where, where's, where's Princess Leia? What, what, what are we doing here? Who are you taking off? Again, well, taking off? talk to Elon. Let's get more options. Yeah, yeah. What, what, are the, what are the four again? again? What are the four again? The four biggest characters. Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Han Solo, or Yoda. Is Yoda bigger than Princess Leia, though? I don't know. I mean, he's Yoda getting more, he's he's getting more votes than Luke right now. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, it's got stamp power. Now with the Mandalorian, did you see the Obi Wan Kenobi uh, trailer today? They dropped. Oh my gosh! So much I can't keep up. That's gonna be great. It's just six episodes. Oh, that's good. That's it. My kids will dig it. Although they're probably gonna be off to summer camp before it ends. It's all good. Hey, you guys know what about the Price Is Right? One last thing. Yeah, I recorded it. I've still never watched the episode. Don't do uh, it. It's the, like watching the losing Super Bowl. I hate, oh, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. I really, I really hate you. You don't do it. I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm going to ask home. Bills fans how much you they're watching Jim them back. Kelly's watched any of those Super Bowls? No. 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 <laughs> haters. That's what you guys are all hey, haters. Hey, and you went wide right on choosing the key, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, laugh anyway, now. Hoskins told us we were still in peak. I, yes. I could tell the inflection. He didn't like those Bills. No, nah, he did he not. He did not like the Bills. Can I say something real quick here? Not if it's about me. Can I just? <laughs> yes. Can I just say something here about May the Fourth? Be was, with you. That was great. Okay. Uh, you know, every official T.J. Jefferson Day. No, 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 no. And I know that we talk about Star Wars today because May the Fourth be with you. Um, 
you know, we're, and we're celebrating one of the most iconic movie now television franchises ever. How do people with a speech impediment feel about this day? Worth be with Mike Tyson. Like, what does Mike Tyson do today? Yeah, where did that come from? (laughs) May the fourth be with you. It's just like, well, it's like a lisp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fourth sounds like force. If you have a lisp, may the fourth be with you. Fourth be with you. Yeah, I get it. I don't. uh, I don't think that you know. I understand in this day and age that we need to. We're 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 sometimes uh, walking on too many eggshells. Way too many. But I mean, uh, honestly. 1979 was the first time they kind of came up with May the 4th. I did some research. You did? What, yes, what's so your wait, research say, The first movie came out in 1977. The reference of the phrase being used on May 4th, 1979. That what? was when they started. They, Who's so, they? Who's the they? Just you haven't somebody. gotten to that part of your research yet? I haven't done that. The Wikipedia page, he hasn't gotten that <laughs> Because far. there was no Twitter back then. No, that's exactly. You know. But. No hashtags. That was no. when you know disc jockeys were would, would have yeah. influence in, on what you could say and Rick think. in the morning, you know. Hoskins still pissed. Great yeah, research, yeah, by the way. Yeah. He's still pissed. There's great definitely angry, angry Hoskins voice in here right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And, uh, Rich this is like one show. minute. Rich, I know we, it's been like two years since we've had an actual Rich Eisen show researcher. Except for uh, us. And so if Del Tufo, it's, 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 what does it say? Who's the they? I already, I already, I'm gone. Can somebody come up with the they? Oh, it by just, the way, and and Mike, it, just make it up and say it was you. Being a racer, it wasn't me. I did the it, cake corner. It I'm was, the, in fact, Sean Hockley who who had all those flags so thrown was, that, that so Brady. So it was week three, 2019, Titans Jags, and uh, Brady tweeted out head referee that day, Sean Hockley. Then he tweeted out, "What are we doing?" And they start basically. They, I'm turning this game off. Too many problems. Right, yeah, right. And then suddenly the emphasis on holding poof gone. gone. And then cut to two years. Two years later, Brady uh, gets hit in the mouth, and he's like, "What gives?" And Hockley throws his first ever personal foul penalty on Tom. Two year grudge. Just connecting dots here. That's what we do.